All right. Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome to not the before and after show, but a feature I do from time to time called the in-between show. And the reason you're getting an in-between show is because, well, there's not much coming out this weekend that I'm looking forward to. Um, my only option this weekend was Ted 2, and I'm not going to see Ted 2, even for the podcast. So um, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm sure you've already noticed that there are more ums than usual. That's because in-between shows are raw, unedited audio. It sort of lets you peek behind the curtain and see the behind the scenes of what goes on while I'm recording an episode, and hopefully that's interesting to you. Um, if not, you can write it off as me being lazy and not wanting to edit these as heavily as I do the before and after shows, and you would be right on that count as well. So let's get into it. What this in-between show is about is Jaws, the 1975 film directed by Steven Spielberg, and um, I know that this is sort of the third Spielberg-centered episode in a row, and that was a little bit on purpose, and the reason that was a little bit on purpose is because Spielberg is the father of the modern blockbuster, and Jaws is that modern blockbuster. It's, it's the first film that had that title. It's the film that made summer a viable film-going season. Before that, because the weather was warmer, people liked being outside more in the summer. When Jaws came out in 1975, it came out in kind of a dump month, and that's weird because now February and September are kind of dump months. Everything else is um, flanked by either uh, summer blockbusters or action movies trying to get the jump on summer blockbusters or Oscar fare, right? And so um, June was a dump month in 1975. It was kind of where the studios put what they didn't have a lot of faith in, and that's where Jaws ended up. And the reason why Jaws ended up there is because this is Spielberg's third film. It's only the second one that went to theaters. He'd only had a made-for-TV film and one feature-length film, which he directed for the producers Richard Zanuck and David Brown. And that's important because they are the producers on Jaws, and they're the ones who entrusted him with the task of adapting Peter Benchley's novel. Peter Benchley's novel was, um, came out and was well-loved and, and was praised for a lot of the same reasons why the film Jaws is praised. It was tense, it was scary, and it, it, it got readers' imaginations going about what goes on beneath the depths of the ocean. And after seeing Duel... Um, it's really interesting to think about Jaws because of how similar these films are, to the point where Spielberg was a little bit apprehensive about going into the directing gig for Jaws because he didn't want to be typecast as the things-chasing-people guy. And um, we all know how history uh, defined that, and, and it was a good choice on Mr. Spielberg's end. But... What I want to look at today is why Jaws? What is it about Jaws specifically that helped make cinema make this leap? And yesterday, June 21st, was um, the special 40th anniversary screening of Jaws. The 40th anniversary was June 20th, and on Father's Day of this year, 
Fathom Events did a special um, screening of Jaws to commemorate the 40th anniversary. And I took my father to see this movie. And while we were there, it was interesting to see the fathers who were taking their children to see this movie. And they were all regaling them with stories of, oh man, when this movie came out, I was 19 and I took a date to it. And and things like that. And um, there's something about Jaws that just stands the test of time. And it's a few things that contribute to that. I think one is the scariness. That movie is still scary, even in the dearth of over-the-top, crazy, gratuitous, hyper-violent horror films that we have. There's something so powerful about the violence in Jaws. It's used sparingly. It doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, it's shocking still. And it's, like, really, really brutal. Um... This is the second time this year I've seen Jaws in a movie theater, and I would go seven more times this year if they showed it seven more times this year. It's a film that I can watch over and over again, and it's a film that I always forget how violent the film actually is. It, it, it still catches me by surprise how gory this movie is, and not in a gratuitous in-your-face way but in a way that makes sense if you have people getting eaten by sharks on screen secondly this movie is super well shot um if you listen to our previous set of episodes you heard uh cory and i talk about how it was super funny to find the shots in duel where it was the clear spielberg style versus the kid who was just out of film school where where well, this film is the one where Spielberg really came into his own. This is only two years after Duel is when he started making this film. He was 26 years old when he when he started production on it in May of 1974. And he shot it in a month and ended up having to go back for some reshoots and put up $3,000 of his own money to reshoot a couple scenes. And the framing in this film is unique to Spielberg. It's It's got that Spielberg stamp on it. And we didn't know that in 1975. I didn't know that in 1975 because I wasn't alive. But, you know, 40 years removed from it, we know what a Spielberg movie looks like. And this movie looks like a Spielberg movie beginning to end. And it's incredible. I mean, there's just so many innovative things he did with the you know, it's it's called the Jaws shot when you dolly out on a shot, but also zoom in at the same time when Brody sees what happens uh, to Alex Kittner on that infamous beach scene. The um, people walking in front of the camera being the transitions between scenes. That happens once in Duel, but he takes it to its most extreme here. Um, kids being kind of a focus. Um, Spielberg is always credited with working well with children and in this movie some of the biggest scares come when children are eaten by sharks or almost eaten by sharks or near the carnage that happens and you see all these little hallmarks of Spielberg films throughout it and and it's just very interesting to go and analyze and they're so overt that even people who aren't as uh, critically minded about films know what a Spielberg movie looks like because he makes films very well but he makes films that appeal to a mass audience and I think that's something we've lost now I think the films that appeal to a mass audience 
don't appeal to those of us in the like quote film criticism circles um i try to be open-minded about them i i try not to like all the pretentious stuff and a lot of the times i don't and it's because i know that we can be better as filmmakers and make films that appeal to a mass audience but also look incredible spielberg is proof of that uh irvin kirshner is proof of that and and this is this film in particular is proof of that um you know, uh, the, the performances, people know what good performances look like. If you remember The Dark Knight in 2008, everyone knew that Heath Ledger's performance was a good performance, and that was a film that appealed to the masses. I think Christopher Nolan is doing a very good job of that right now, although Interstellar was a little bit of a misstep for that. Um, the characters in Jaws are so good. Chief Brody trying to be a family man, but he hates the water and do what's best for his family and do what right by the people of Amity. Um, the mayor just trying to look out for the well-being of his community at the risk of their lives. Um, Richard Dreyfus as as Hooper, you know, just being all Richard Dreyfusy and and nervous and skittish, but also very brilliant and and sort of the voice of reason from time to time and of course robert shaw as the man himself captain quint the captain ahab of this white whale story and that indianapolis that uss indianapolis monologue it is still incredible it's still i mean it's downright shakespearean when you when you go back and watch that scene and and the setup to it with comparing the scars and then it's framed by these two light-hearted moments you get the 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 scene where they're, they're comparing scars and then you get this very intense monologue by robert shaw and then you get show me the way to go home and then you get the shark ramming into the boat and breaking the boards on the boat and causing the boat to start flooding and it's this build-up that's that's i mean that alone is like a short film like that that has so much tension and weight in it that you could sustain like a 15 minute short film and have that be the end of it and and it would work but this is just a chunk of this movie jaws works in every sense of the word it's amazing um, there's all kinds of fun stories about it. It's a it's a famously plagued production with the mechanical sharks not working well and them not having time to test them in the water before they started filming. So they put one in the water and it sank to the bottom of the ocean. The name of the shark is in Finding Nemo as the name of the shark in that, Bruce. Um, the meteor shower that became a staple of Spielberg, he thought that brought him good luck on the production. And... Um, kept it in in the rest of his movies you can see shooting stars in the sky in some of his movies because of that um there's just so many iconic behind the scenes stories that you hear about about this movie in particular and i mean honestly it it paved the way for what we know today the reason we all went to go see jurassic world two weeks ago and the reason why it is the fastest movie to make 400 million dollars in film history is because jaws exists um i it's pretty well documented in the last episode that i 
hated every second of Jurassic World, but there's no denying the money-making power of that movie. I called it before it happened. But this is not only is that film not it doesn't exist if Spielberg doesn't make Jurassic Park, that film doesn't exist if Spielberg doesn't make Jaws. Jaws is why cinema is the way it is today. Um, Jaws paved the way for Star Wars. Spielberg was an executive producer on Star Wars. He had faith in this upstart director named George Lucas, who who he saw a lot of himself in. He saw a lot of the creativity and the drive that that brought him to Jaws. I mean, Spielberg's only three movies into his career by the time um, Star Wars comes out, but he was already executive producing things because that's how much of a hold he had on moviegoers' imaginations because the follow-up to Jaws is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And if Jaws doesn't get made, Close Encounters doesn't get made, and Close Encounters took everyone's focus and shifted it upwards to the sky and what was beyond our stars, and that paved the way for Star Wars. And so there's, there's this catalytic effect that Jaws has on American cinema that's undeniable. And it holds up. Like, it's not just one of those things like like an Easy Rider. Easy Rider had a catalytic effect on modern cinema. It showed us that we could have movies where characters just talk and, and it's just kind of a slice of everyday life. But watching Easy Rider now, it's a product of the 60s. It doesn't feel fresh. Jaws plays to any age audience. We saw it with a, a multitude of ages yesterday Uh, a lot of them too young to be in it because people forget how violent the movie is there were you know kids as young as eight or nine in there and that is not a movie for eight or nine year olds just because it's rated pg um and and seeing their reactions to it and and adults who hadn't seen it in a while gasping the same way their children are gasping it plays well in 40 years the way it did 40 years ago and you can't really say that for a lot of older movies. You always have it in the back of your mind that I'm a 2015 audience watching this film from 1970-whatever. With Jaws, you're just an audience member, and it's great. Um, Jaws is is amazing. Um, Kumail Nanjiani, the comedian who is on Silicon Valley, he tweeted yesterday that you think all these movies are good, and then you see Jaws again, and you realize these movies aren't that good. <laughs> And it's because of, of all those elements. It's this perfect amalgamation of story, of character, of tension, of scariness, of terror, which is the same thing as scariness. And you, you put all this together and you get a universal, timeless experience. It's a universal picture, so pun not intended, but there's something about Jaws and and there's a reverence that you can hear in my voice I hope towards this film it's uh it's a film that I consider my favorite movie and I think you all should watch it uh, if you haven't seen it in a while if you just watched it yesterday rewatch it um it's worth a look they're doing another anniversary showing this Wednesday June 24th and it is so worth it to see it in a theater with a bunch of people you guys I can't Oh man, it's so good. Jaws is the one of the best movies I've ever seen, and and it's it's why I got into this uh, indirectly. I, I really hadn't paid much attention to Jaws until I'd been 
doing film criticism for a while, but after watching it, it was like, these are the types of movies that I got into this for. Spielberg represents everything I think American cinema should be. Um, he gets accused of being too saccharine, and I, you're wrong. It's not. That's not true. Go look at Jaws and tell me it's too saccharine. Go look at Schindler's List and tell me it's too saccharine. Go look at Saving Private Ryan and tell me it's too saccharine. Steven Spielberg likes making movies for the masses, but he's not an idiot, okay? Spielberg captures people's imaginations. And and unlike anyone else, he's he's... He's a damn genius, is what he is. He he has this hold over the camera and this this deafness behind it, especially, you know, now 45 years into his career. It's just become better and better and better. And, like, yes, he's been a hit or miss the last decade, but you can't say his movies aren't well shot. There's always something in front of his movies where I'm like, man, only Spielberg can get away with this. And only Spielberg can get away with Jaws in the hands of any other director. It becomes a schlocky B-movie. Jurassic World proved that. Um, Jurassic World is the product of what happens when someone thinks they can be Spielberg. And they're not Spielberg. Um, Jurassic World is what happens when Jurassic Park is directed by someone else. It's the complete antithesis. And and his, his films walk this knife's edge of going into courtiness. If... If Jurassic Park had been a little bit different or been done by a different director, it wouldn't be the beloved classic it is today. But because it was in the hands of the very capable hands of Spielberg, it is what it is. And I think that's something we need to remind ourselves going into the rest of the summer movie season that looks like a bunch of rehashes. I'm coming back next week with Terminator Genesis and I'm not too excited about it. We need to hold our art to a higher standard. And Jaws is proof of why. Jaws is the standard for a summer blockbuster. Jurassic World is not as good as Jaws. Even if you enjoyed Jurassic World, it's objectively not as good as Jaws. And a lot of these movies aren't. Um, The movies I liked this summer aren't. Mad Max Fury Road is fantastic. I love that movie. It's not as good as Jaws. It attempts to be, though. It aspires to be this big thing, and I love that. A lot of these movies that are coming out this summer, I don't see that happening. Um, Not every movie has to be Jaws. I liked San Andreas, right? That wasn't as good as Jaws. It didn't try to be, but it was also a different type of film. It wasn't meant to be this sort of, like, tension-filled scare thriller character study plot driven thing it was just supposed to be turn your brain off and watch some action and there's nothing wrong with that if it knows it and that's the biggest thing is jaws knows what it is jaws knows what it is for sure jaws spielberg says that he was very arrogant at this point in his career and it shows in every frame of jaws because it is ballsy to say the least and jaws Jaws accomplishes this young man's arrogance in the best way possible. A lot of movies that have that young man's arrogance now just come off as arrogant. And for some reason it works in Jaws. I can't explain it. It's just lightning. It's That's all, that's all I got to say about that. Um, you know, it's, if we begin to hold 
our summer blockbusters to this standard, we'll see an improvement in the quality of them, and I guarantee it. But you have to vote with your wallet. If you see something coming out and you think, well, probably won't be as good as this movie. And everyone's going to have their different Jaws standard, although you shouldn't. Um, But it's whatever. If you become complacent in that, it's a problem. It's, it's, It's why we get inundated with Transformers movies. And if you're one of the people who goes, well, it won't be as good as blank, and it probably won't be that good in general, but I'm going to see it anyway, that's a problem. Um, you have the power to shut these movies down. If you don't go see it, they don't make money. If they don't make money, they don't get sequels. Look at Dread. Um, Dread is beloved, but it doesn't make a lot of money. And it should get a sequel. I think it should get a sequel. I don't like that movie that much, but I, I think it should get a sequel. If anything else can get a sequel, why not Dread? Um, that movie isn't that bad. Um... There's a lot of worse movies than Dread that have gotten sequels. So I I think Jaws is proof that that if you vote with your wallet, you can improve the quality of something, and that's what happened. June was a dump month for movies, and then Jaws happened, and it was seen by 67 million people that year. And that's before the era of the multiplex. That's before the era of summer blockbusters as we know it it reached 67 million people in the summer of 1975 because they all agreed that they hadn't seen anything like that and if we go to these movies that aspire to be great um and aspire to be doing something fresh i don't want to say new because not a lot of things that you see that are great are going to be new anymore. And so I don't like that criticism. Jaws, when it came out, that was something new. Anything that we come, we see coming out now is kind of because of Jaws. So anything you see now that, that evokes that feeling that Jaws creates in you, go see that. If You can tell by the trailers, I think. Trailers give away so damn much now anyway that you can tell what kind of movie it's going to be. Um, you know, and... and a film that waits to release its tension, like Jaws, is fantastic. Um, you don't see the shark until almost the very last scene of the movie in full. You get glimpses of the shark here and there. You kind of see it under the water. You kind of see it when it attacks Hooper in the shark cage. But really, until it pops out of the water and attacks the boat and eats Quint in one of the most violent and brutal scenes I've ever seen committed to celluloid... You don't get a shot of the shark, really. And there's there's this what-does-it-look-like tension of it. And that goes to say that when directors work in limitation, it's oftentimes better for them. And the reason I say when directors work in limitation, it's because those mechanical sharks didn't work very well, that those sharks couldn't be used for some shots. That opening scene where the Jaws theme plays... And the camera's pushing through all this um, underwater vegetation, and 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 it's just kind of really scary. And you get this like it speeds up, and you get this like shark's eye view of everything, and then boom, it cuts to the what the beach party with Chrissy, who's going swimming. And the reason that shot is shot that way is because those mechanical sharks were out of commission. So Spielberg was like, "Well, let's just put the camera in the water." And we can look at it from the shark's point of view. The very first thing we see in Jaws is what the shark sees. 
um, you know, it's it's a film that rather than show you the monster, they'll show you the monster's perspective. And anytime you get that, it's something to be treasured. And Jaws does that better than anything else you're likely to see. It's one of the best movies of all time. It absolutely deserves its place on the pedestal. It's it's timeless. It's classic. It's it's in can be enjoyed by everyone. Though don't let small children see it. No matter how many fond memories you have of it, wait until they're twelve or thirteen at the very least. Um, yeah, Jaws is is amazing. Go go get it on Blu-ray. It's one of the best looking Blu-rays I I own. It's likely my favorite movie of all time, and it's certainly a good starting point if you want to start noticing subtleties in movies. Weirdly, the subtleties are overt in this movie. It's it's great. And and if you really want to start digging into the theory of film, you should you should start with Jaws. If you haven't seen Jaws in a long time, I highly encourage you to go back and watch it because it's worth watching any year, any era, any time, as many times as you possibly can because you're going to find something new. You're going to forget stuff. It's going to re-scare you in certain parts no matter how many times you've seen it. Um Jaws is one of the all-time best, and I feel like it would be a disservice to you as my listeners to not talk about this film in the midst of a summer blockbuster season. It's worth revisiting during this period of time, especially because it lets you know both how far we've come and how far we've regressed, I think. Um, it's just, it's it's one for the ages, and it's it's one that's going to be studied for years to come, and one that should be studied and lauded for years to come, and uh, it's just great. I don't have a lot more to say about it. This was more of me slobbering all over Jaws than a history lesson, and I'm sorry, but man, Jaws is good. Go, go back and watch it. Um, that's all I have to say. Uh, yeah, if you like the show, go ahead and write us beforeandaftershow at gmail.com at before and after pod on twitter that's at before the letter n after pod on twitter like the facebook page it's the before and after show on facebook subscribe on soundcloud subscribe on itunes give us a five-star review on itunes that looks great for us uh recommend the show to your friends comment on soundcloud do what you need to do to get this in your head every week um you know, all the episodes are downloadable on SoundCloud. All of them will get sent straight to your iV device if you subscribe on iTunes. So do those things. Uh, I appreciate you guys all. Go watch Jaws. Until next time, go watch Jaws.